Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Paul, hey buddy, how's it going? What's up, man? Nothing. The uh, the light is glaring off the sides of your your highly cranium motivated. there. So highly motivated <laughs> haircut. If yeah. I didn't know better, I think you were in the Marines, not the Army. Yeah, she went a little. Uh, I told her I was going to be in a retirement ceremony for this uh, general officer that was you know hanging hanging up his boots, and I think she was like, "Yeah, I'm going to make him look really motivated." So she did. Yeah, I would always tell when I go get haircuts before drill weekend. Um, you know, that comes up, they're like, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm going to drill, you know, I'm in the air national guard, but don't give me a military haircut. I always have to right. say that out loud. Like, but I go back to the same guy every time now. So right. he knows what to do. Well, cool, man. I've been enjoying this. It, it almost feels like fall here. It's like 70 degrees. Gorgeous. I think the leaves are going to start changing soon. Kind of depressing, but heading into winter in Minnesota. Yeah. The boating season is, is coming to a wrap down here. Yeah. It's a couple of weeks. So. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Let's get going. So let's start with the question. Uh, we were discussing before this um, some conversations we've had with clients recently. And one thing that really stuck out to me this week, talking to a, a prospect, was uh, somebody who had talked to a, a couple different agents and you know people who at least profess to, to understand infinite banking and that concept. And and he asked me during that conversation, he's like, so, hey, I'm trying to decide. So can you uh, can you send me a, an illustration over so I can have something to look at? And I said no. And I explained why. And uh, by the end of the conversation, he was ready to go through the application process with me. So why, Paul, and I'm sure you get asked for illustrations as well. Like, hey, show me some numbers. I want to see some numbers before I go forward with this. How do you respond to that? And then why do why do you and I and and most you know other IBC practitioners that that we know do not lead with illustrations? Yeah, it's a great one. I think that if they're asking about, they want to see numbers on a page. They still don't understand what is going on and why why IBC, why dividend paying whole life insurance, why Nelson Nash. Um, so that's it for me. I just I don't. And I'm like you, I, I say, listen, it's, if I send you an illustration, it is, you know, it's out of date the minute I send it to you, right? Yes, the guaranteed side of things is, is, is going to be fairly accurate or, or accurate, but the non-guaranteed side is, is, is really fantasy, right? right? Um, you know, when I say non-guaranteed folks, I mean the, the, the side that's displaying the current dividend experience of the company. And by fantasy, you don't mean that that's not that, that that's outside the realms of possibility. All you're saying no. is that that's not 100% accurate because dividends right. could be greater, dividends could be lower. Right. Um, so and the, yeah, in the language in the language in the illustration says that. Yeah, this performance could be less could be greater, whatever. So I think that's that's why they just for me, it's they just don't understand the essence of IBC. If they're still asking if they're asking for numbers on a page and, and that's what all they want to talk about is, you know, when do I go cash on cash? When do I, um, you know, when does every dollar in premium start producing a dollar and a half in cash, cash value or whatever? Um, yeah. So I think 
you you avoid that by being just fairly blunt up front in the in the process. Like, listen, we have a process that we go through here, and that's what we're going to do. We will get to an illustration eventually once I gauge that your level of understanding can can handle seeing numbers on a page. Right, exactly. Because how many times have you had a conversation with somebody and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to send you an illustration that I got from agent at oh, you know, one of the big four, whatever." I'm like, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> like I don't need to see it. You can send it over, but." I'm not going to send you one in return. Um, that's I, that's just playing the numbers game. If if I want to beat that illustration, I can easily go in and manipulate any numbers in the software to beat that illustration that you send me. But that's not what we're doing here. We're not we're not like you said. Somebody who's all about just the numbers, or a, a, an insurance producer who just leads with an illustration that says, "Here you go." I can do this for you and it doesn't gauge whether they actually understand what they're getting into. That person has taken what is a, a concept and a philosophy and a, a way of thinking about money, the infinite banking concept and boiled it down to just numbers on a page. And then what makes you any different from anybody else in the business then? Cause you're not going to be able to teach them anything. All you can, congratulations. You can design a great uh, policy that may or may not turn out to be real. <clears throat> Well, truth be told, that they're probably having their wholesaler or, or you know, sales vice president or somebody else design the policy for them anyway. Yeah, good right? point. Yeah, so. very good point. So, yeah, folks, that's why we don't we don't lead with illustrations. You're not going to get that from us because we want to make sure that you're educated, you understand this concept, you understand the purpose of it, and the purpose is not to get the highest rate of return and the highest liquidity of your cash value from day one. If you want 100% liquidity of your funds from day one, put your money in a savings account. Yep. That's it. But if you understand this concept and you have a long-term view and you're willing to, like you're building a business, but this business is guaranteed to succeed. So if you're willing to sacrifice in the first few years to ensure and guarantee that business succeeds down the road, then you're a good fit for this. Yep. They need to understand that this is a capitalization strategy. And, you know, Nelson says this in the first pages of his book, you know, this is not an investment of any kind. Right. It's also not a sales tool for agents, right? The book is written for the layman. Anyway, so, yeah, great, great point. Yep. Never going to leave with an illustration. It defeats the whole purpose of the process, getting educated. Right. So, good deal. Um, all right. Well, I think another thing that came up in conversation this week when I was talking to somebody who's actually a current client, and he's, you know, he's read Nelson's book. He listens to all the podcasts. And he understands, you know, Nelson writes about uh, getting all of your income, turning all of your income into premium, right? Yeah, shouldn't premium and income match? Right. So that's a tough concept for people to wrap their heads around. And in this this guy's particular case, he's, he's probably, you know, 10 years older than me. So he's, ideally, he's got less than 10 years left, less than 10 years of working uh, for a living left before he's set himself up into a, a position to be able to retire. So he would like to get as much income as possible through these. But his question is, well, how do I continue funding the all these premiums when I retire? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I think, Paul, it starts with the first, you know, one of the principles that we like to abide by when designing these policies. We want to make sure you have the contractual right to fund these policies as long as possible. And that's, you know, whether it's age 95, age 100, um, you want the contractual right to fund these for as long as possible. And why would that be? 
Well, for me, it's the policy is going to be the most efficient on the day I graduate. Exactly. Right. And we were talking on the air or off the air before we hit the record button here. Uh, you know, these policies get more efficient every year that you're paying your premium every every month. You know, in 12 month cycles, right, they're getting more efficient. Um, and some of those policies at that age, Dave, later in life, who are 75, 85 years old, 90 years old, like my grandmother's 95. You know, this would be her last year to pay premium if she had one of these policies. Oh, wow. Yeah. She doesn't. But man, if she did, right, every dollar that she had paid in premium will have produced in that single year, this 95th year of her life, you know, maybe it's her 70th year paying premium. Um, would produce, Could you imagine that? Wow. Oh, my goodness. I, we were talking about this earlier, but I illustrated a, you know, a seven-year-old um, uh, boy, you know, juvenile policy. And for, for ultimately very little premium over his lifetime through age 95, the amount of cash value and death benefit he has is just astronomical. astronomical right. So anyway, bottom line, it's efficiency. It's going to produce so much cash value and, and death benefit in these later years that I, I don't want to stop doing it. I want that contractual right to pay. Yes, exactly. So this is the question I always ask everybody. And, and listen to this question. If at age, say, 65, that arbitrary age where you take yourself out of, you know, production. Um, if at age 65, you can give me $10,000 and I give you $20,000. And every year after that, I give you more and you give me the same amount. When are you going to want to stop giving me $10,000? Never. And everybody's, every single person says that. Usually there's a long pause because they're like, is this, is this a real question? Cause that's pretty obvious. And then they say, never, like, I would never want to stop giving you 10,000. Well, that's exactly what this policy is doing for you by that time, depending on how long you've, you've owned it. Right. And sure. you've been funding it. Uh, but most people, by the time they get to that age, they've been funding it for, you know, 15 to 30 to 40 years. Sure. And it's super efficient, right? Just like you said, gets more efficient every year. So if you, if you had an opportunity where you could double your money, as an example, if you could double your money right now, do you think you'd be able to go scrounge up uh, that amount of money to go put to, towards something, knowing that it's going to come back to you twofold? Of course I could. Yeah, I'd, I'd figure out some way to do it. I, I have figured out ways to do that you know, during rough times uh, sure. over, over the last 12 years when I was you know, had to get creative to, to fund my policies. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just call up willie sutton you know yep there you go you mentioned willie sutton again i think people are gonna have to wikipedia him yeah uh or read nelson's book uh so paul let's talk about retirement what is the one thing you need in order to retire a hellcat <laughs> no what? i'm sorry so does that mean you're retiring <laughs> soon no yeah. um you need income you right? need income you need a, a stream of, of money coming in just no different than any other part of your your existence on earth right? right you have needed income since you were born somebody else was providing it right through your adolescence and college years maybe if you were if you went to those things and uh as an adult you you made your own income yeah so you're making income while you're working you're going to retire because you've reached a point where you no longer have to work for your income that's basically what retirement is, right? You no longer have to work for your income. All you got to do is wake up and fog a mirror and then right. you receive income. 
right? So you're going to be bringing money in. That money needs to sit somewhere. So how is that any different funding the policies during retirement than it is while you're actively working? It's really no different. Your money has to reside somewhere. You know, we're going to sequence the money through our own banking system so we can control the banking function in our life, or, or maybe we're not going to. I, I don't know why we would stop doing that. Um, the only thing I can think of, Dave, is this, it's this paradigm that we've been stuck in because we're bombarded with, frankly, just not good financial advice. Yeah, uh, not to our advantage. It's, it's advantageous to somebody, typically the person giving us that advice, right? Yeah, no question. So I think... If you're one of those people that's in that paradigm where you've you're 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 a qualified plan person, which is you know which is fine. Everybody, most people are, um, and you've piled on your money in this asset class or this asset class, and now your your advisor is showing you how to take income off those different types of whatever the qualified plan or it's a brokerage account, whatever it is, um, and you're using the four percent rule, or the three percent rule, or whatever whatever the rule happens to be for that given year, um, and your advisor will tell you that. Um, I think people get worried that this is that that non-abundance mindset where I'm going to have to pinch pennies and not live the life that you ought to be living. I said this probably in a very early episode is that your retirement should be your second childhood without rules and an almost unseemingly unlimited amount of money that you have access to, right? You're not getting an allowance, right? You have, you've worked mm -hmm. your whole life and now you get to enjoy the fruits of all that labor. That's how... I want my passive income time to be. I yeah. don't want it to be where I can't, well, I can't go this, can't do that. Yeah, you know, you know, ex exactly. Good. And I think just like you said, and I, I just thought about this now, and I wish I would have known this when, when I was talking to him, but he's probably listening to the podcast now. Anyway, so here's what I would say is, if you're asking that question, how am I gonna fund this when I retire? You're predicating that question on a, a an assumption you have in your mind that you're going to be making less money in retirement than you're making right now like because that's the way we've been taught that's the way we've been trained to think that hey you, you might be making three hundred thousand dollars a year right now but you better be able to live on a hundred grand a year during retirement right like people just automatically assume whether it's the case or not they assume i'm going to be making less money in retirement than i'm making right now which You've already set yourself up for failure if that's the way you think, right? Because you're you're planning to be less well off than you are right now. If I was a financial advisor, like many of them do, and I was preaching to you, hey, don't worry, you don't need as much money in retirement. Um, so you know you'll be taking out less and spending less. I'd be right 100% of the time if I was setting people up to have less in retirement than they have right now. Yeah, yeah, you'd be batting a thousand. Yeah, it's, you'd be batting a thousand. I, you any, the, but you could do that on your own, right? You could probably end up with less 20, 40 years from now than you have right now on your own. Why are you paying somebody to tell you that? Because everybody else is. Yeah, right. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they always say, you know, the kids are going to be out of the home, right? You're not going to be paying for college anymore. The college Until kids come more. back in the home. Right. How many parent? How many people have you talked to who are empty nesters, and then all of a sudden, one or more kids end up back in the home? Yeah, I can relate to that very close. Yeah, like you, you <laughs> see it. 
You see it all the time. Like see it. everybody I talked to, I was talking to some, you know, some, some older couples than me this morning at church. And they said, yeah, we enjoyed three years of the empty nest and it was fabulous. We loved each other. You know, we got to spend all this time together and it was just us. And then for the last year and a half, my son's been li living with us again. Yeah. So just the way life goes. So, you know, are you really going to have fewer? I mean, yeah, they should be out earning. Like if my kids are with me after they, they finish the summer, after their senior year, they're paying me rent. That's no, just no the way it is. Oh, no question. And that's yeah, if I, mean, I let them stay. Carmel and Anthony already know that. Like this isn't going to be some freeloading system. You're not going to be in my health insurance till you're 30 years old or whatever. It is. I think it's 26. 26, something like that. Yeah, it's still ridiculous. 26 years old. What were you doing when you were 26, Dave? Uh, I was I was fighting wars. So, yeah, and so get, get off get off my cell phone plan. Get your own plan. How about oh that? Goodness. How many how many adults are still on their parents' cell phone plan? I think I know a bunch. I know it's it's embarrassing. They shouldn't admit it's, it. It's economic outpatient care. <laughs> like if, if you're if you're well into your 20s and you're still on your parents cell phone plan don't admit that to anybody yeah certainly don't tell me yeah don't tell me <laughs> I, i'm i will make fun of you to your face so anyway we digress we digress so let's talk about ways to fund in retirement because that's i mean that's legitimate there's by time you're in those retirement years which we hate using that word right by the time you're in those passive income years because that's what it is whether you're taking money out of a 401k or some real estate investments or a business you sold, it's all passive income. You're not working for it anymore. So during those years, Paul, what are some ways we can fund that? Because everybody just thinks, oh, I'm funding it with my active income, with my paycheck, you know, my bi-monthly bi paycheck or, or uh, you know, bi-weekly yeah. paycheck. Uh, I'm funding it with that money. Well, let's, sure. what are some other ways? There's plenty of ways to skin this cat, right? So let's let's cover some. Yeah, no question. So, and this is in no particular order. Um, you could use a, you could use the dividend to do something called a premium offset, right? Where the dividend will, will will pay the premium for you, or over time it can reduce the premium, right? Um, so that's that's one way. The policy, let's assume the policy is fairly efficient, right? It's 15, 20, 25, 30, 40 years old. The dividends at that point are going to be extremely large. In mm -hmm. fact they'll they're likely going to exceed what the actual premium is what you're allowed to pay in premium right yes right yeah so that's why that other discussion where it's like oh it's just the irs characterizes the dividend as just a return of excess premium yeah that's how they characterize it but it's more than that right, right? and we can that's another discussion but that's you know some of the noise out there the dividend is is you know one could argue that you could take out in dividends all the way up to your basis if you if you have enough life left right yeah uh you could easily do that right um so anyway yeah you, you could use a dividend to pay your premium right and then that way you're kind of on this my, my in-laws have done this over they've had a, a new york life policy for 1972 or something and it yeah. is participating and um you know base only very small but they've been using the dividend to do premium offsets so the premium yeah. is their dividend is very little right because they've been doing premium offset but yeah um, they don't, you know, it pays for itself now. Right. Yeah. And, and let's say maybe your policy is only 10 years old. Maybe it's only 15 years old. You start it when you were 50 or in your fifties at some point, yeah. by that point, your dividend will likely be at the point where it will at least cover the base, the base. amount sure. of your premium. And then the paid up additions, you don't have to fund those, right? That's an optional piece to the policy. Yep. So your dividends could at least 
cover the required part of that policy to keep it in force and keep it going until the day you die, to, yep. until the day you graduate. So there you go. Um, now, here's another one. So you could fund with your IRA. Like you take money out. Some people take their you know, IRA withdrawals every single month, like yep. a certain amount, like, hey, just send me you know, $3,000 a month. That's what I need to cover my expenses. You could immediately fund, you know, funnel that money, sequence it, like we like to say, sequence it through your policy before you spend it. Because at that point, again, it's going to be so efficient that you put that three grand in, you're going to be at the point, most likely for most people, where that three grand is creating more than $3,000 of cash value that you can borrow against. That's so right. before you spend that money, uh, funnel it through your policy, pay the premium, keep it going. And then you've got the money there waiting for you when you need it, like whenever you want it. Right. Uh, that goes with an IRA. It goes with any, you know, your social security, right? Yeah. That's passive income, sort that, of. That's passive income. Oh, we're breaking the backs of today's workers to pay that income. Yeah, no question. It, tomorrow's workers, actually. I was texting with a, with a gentleman that we met at the think tank uh, this, this past year. Uh, he's from Tennessee. And we were talking about, he's like, you guys ought to talk about the unfunded liabilities. And I'm like, why well, don't I get people too depressed? You know, the national debt's, <laughs> yeah. adver you know, national debt's advertised as, you know, X amount of, you know, trillion dollars. But the unfunded liabilities are another, you know, 170 to 230 trillion somewhere. No one really knows on top of that when you talk, yeah. you know, Social Security, Medi Medicare and stuff. Um, so anyway, I wouldn't rely. Here's my point to saying all that was don't rely on Social Security. If you are planning on Social Security being part of your retirement living, you know, income plan, I think that's flawed thinking. I really, I really, especially in this day and age where it's scheduled to run out of money in 2035 on, at, at the current pace. Um, I would not, I am not counting social security. I'm just considering it money. I'm just throwing down the drain. Yeah. Quite honestly. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't rely on that. I wouldn't rely on if you're a veteran. Um, so Hannah works in the, the senior living space. So she works yeah. with some veterans who, there are like for long-term care, there's veterans, uh, nursing homes. I don't know if you want to call them nursing homes, but whatever it is, managed care for veterans, sure. but there's a waiting list with the VA yeah. and it's not very good. Right? right. So it could take a long time. And it could be pretty crappy care. That's single um, pay. I mean, that's a single payer system, right? Yeah. That's what, um, that's what some of the people in this country want. They think single payer is the way to go. Like, like, like Europe. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Right. Or so, Canada. So, I mean, with that in mind, that's just another benefit to these policies that we do is these, this, you know, advanced death benefit rider, which is a chronic illness rider, which is more or less, not exactly, but kind of like a long-term care insurance policy where you get to access your death benefit while you're alive. If you meet the trigger events. Sure. Um, so, you know, don't, don't rely just on what you think the government's going to provide for you, Medicaid, you know, VA benefits and all that. Um, you know, cover your bets. Yep. So no again, we digress a little bit. So here's, here's another way to, to pay. How about passive income? Why not spend the next, if you got 10 years left till retirement, spend the next 10 years focusing on building an income right now that's going to continue and never run out. So, and that's, it's easier to, it, it's easier to accomplish than most people think. It sounds very abstract and, and impossible. Like only, you know, only the rich and connected can do that. It's not the case. Anybody right. can do that. If you know the right, the right people who can teach you, maybe show you the right places to do that. 
Yeah, it's not going to fall to the sky, and, you know, and land in your lap. Right. right. There's, you know, you have to be around the right people, right? You have to be around the right network of of you know, of like-minded people as well. The other thing is, Dave, is there's there's products that we can buy after we are done working. Say we've accumulated this large volume of money. You know, insurance companies and, and, and some banks offer products like, and I'm not pushing annuities, I'm just saying an annuity. If you want, like, private pensions, right, are, are a thing of the past, right? There's government pensions and there's very few private pensions left yeah. uh, out there in the world, right? They've all gone to the 401k and then, you know, we have the IRAs and stuff like that. So, you know, outside government-sponsored pensions, there's very little private pension left. So right. um, you could you could fund your passive income years with with an annuity. Yeah, sure. There's a, there's many different things, and that that's a pretty easy one for anybody to grab onto. Yeah. Um, if they don't want to veer into you know their single past. family rentals or commercial real estate, or but, and, and you don't even have to go that route. Like I don't do single family rentals. I hate them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but there's very easy ways to start generating that passive income. Yeah. Uh, if you guys absolutely. want to talk more about that, just feel free to reach out. Um, how about this one? I know some retirees who are gifting money to their their kids. I think it's, yep. you know, as a married couple, you can gift like $30,000 a year. Is it per kid? Per per dependent or child you, know, you have, I, th- I think. Whatever I, it is this year, it could be different next year anyway. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So what about if, you know, that's a, that's a very good plan for a lot of people to start passing on that income without, you know, without being taxed on it. Right. To, to their kids. Yep. Right. And you can do only a limited amount every year. But what if you, instead of just handing that right to them, pay your premium with it first and then take that cash value loan and, and gift that money. Yep. Right. Is there, yeah. it, you have think, money. It's a great idea. Yeah. If you're already doing that, or if you're, you know, if you're funding a five, two, nine plan, um, for your grandkids, uh, first I would, I, I would say there's much better options, uh, in our, uh, humble opinions, but, uh, you could funnel that money through the plan, your policy first, and then pass it on. Like you got money coming through your hands. The, the bottom line is you got money coming through your hands before it leaves your hands, sequence it through your policy to pay the premium and then take it out. Take those cash value loans. That's right. Keep the wheels of the bank of your banking business spinning. Yes. Yep, keep, that's a that's a great analogy. I mean, yeah, just keep it velocity of money, keep it going. You know, stagnant water. Uh, it's like this pond I have across the street. It's just green scum on top because the water is stagnant. There's no movement whatsoever. Keep that money going and, and always moving. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be you know you're going to be producing something. That's right. Um, and then the the last one I can think of, which I've used myself a few times, is just cash value loans to pay the premium. If you got enough right. cash value. And there, take a loan out, pay your premium, and then um, your your cash value and death benefit are still going to continue to rise. You know, yep. in most cases. Yeah, I think I think for me that's the preferred method anyway, um, as opposed to like using the dividend, switching my dividend option to instead of having PUAs purchased with a dividend, doing you know our you know premium offset or something. I would rather take a policy loan. Um, and I don't know if it matters too much if it's direct recognition, non-direct recognition company and policy structure. There's a bunch of different things, but generally speaking, I think the policy loan option is just the best. Yeah. And you can illustrate that to yeah. take loans no and pay yeah. the premium for the next X number of years and just sure. see what that looks like, you know, yeah. so 
we're coming back to illustrations. There is a use for illustrations. Of course. Um, yeah, there's there's great use. And of course, we use them during the process. We use them with clients, do enforce illustrations and show them the projections. Um, the only time we don't use them is right at the beginning of the process when we're not going to lead with that. So I'm kind of wrapping it up, I guess, bringing it back to the beginning of yeah. where we started. Um, so there's there's a time and a place for them. It's just not right at the beginning. Right. And it's not, they are not a tool to be used to play like the illust illustration game with the five other agents you're talking to. Um, I usually tell people straight out of the gate, listen, I, I would love to be your agent. You know, your time is precious. My time is precious, but I am not going to, you know, run six or seven different illustrations for you just so that you can decide to work with somebody else. Just not, not, it's not my style. Um, and I, I think it's counterproductive and that's, that's the reason I won't, I just won't do it. It is. And we're not in, I mean, we don't compete. We, we no. have our own game. We play our own game. We don't have to compete against anybody else to do it. Yeah. Cause I, I want the, I want the right client as well. Right, right. Dave? Like I want the person, a person that I can work with happily for, cause I tell them after they're my client, Hey, you're stuck with me. Like, you yeah, can, you know, they can change their servicing people. agent to me. Uh, if they want, <laughs> but I'm not going to get, you know, I, I don't know if they'll, yeah, right. there's no reason to, but yeah, you're right. They're, they're stuck with you until you decide to, uh, to hang up, retire, hang, retire, uh, yeah. to, to go to your passive income years. And I mean, I don't, I don't know why I still wouldn't do this you know, until the day I die, if I'm enjoying it and, uh, you know, it's fun talking to people. And, um, by that point. I'd probably have way too many referrals than, than I could handle. So hopefully I can get one of my kids to work yeah, for me. Exactly right. I think, yeah. you know, I think IBC attracts a lot of the right people, not only in the, on the agent side, but also the, the, the clients are, are the best. They're, they're super intelligent people. Um, they're generally like-minded and, uh, and I appreciate that. So I, I, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoy it. I love the conversation. I love the education process. I love the light bulb going off in their mind. Um, the questions they ask, you know, some very good questions. People always think they're asking a stupid question. And I'm like, listen, the questions you are asking are very good. I had this conversation on Friday evening with a couple of people, one of whom I've known for a long time. Um, just, you know, very, and you can tell they care. They're reading what yeah. you tell them to read. Yeah. They're studying what you tell them to study and listening to what you tell them to listen to. And, or ask, I should say, ask them yeah. to listen to. Um, and the only reason that we can answer those questions so effectively is because so many people have asked the same quote unquote stupid question. Right. Right. So um, no question is uncommon. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So, but this is a one that really hadn't come up too much. Well, how do I fund the premiums when I retire? So hopefully this helped answer a lot of those questions. And um, hey, I don't, we haven't said it recently, but Hey, if you guys are listening, you've been listening for a while, please give us a five-star review on, on uh, iTunes and Spotify. Spotify. And, yeah, all the other ones out there. You know, this is on YouTube <clears throat> as well. Uh, we don't get as many, I think, we get viewership on YouTube actually quite quite frequently, but it's people we don't generally know because they're listening to us. They know who we are. So Yeah, nobody we know wants to stare at our faces anymore, I guess. So Although you guys should check out Paul's haircut. It's pretty yeah, it's, phenomenal. High speed, look like low a, drag. Yeah, it's it's pretty high speed. Look at how thick that hair is, though. That's that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Congratulations. Good, good hair jeans. Good jeans. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, 
this is a good one, and I hope everybody enjoyed it, and we'll, we'll see you all next week. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.